What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 390 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Hot Tags Podcast of the Week, where we will be breaking down some of the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past few days other than Money in the Bank, which if you are interested in our thoughts on Money in the Bank, check out the Money in the Bank post show. That's why that podcast is that podcast. <laughs> I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me as always is Robert DeFelice. How you doing tonight, Tony? Before we start, let me just say, I want to switch the format here, and I want to get some plugs out early. First of all, I'd like to remind you that on June 7th in Saudi Arabia, we are hosting, WWE will be hosting <laughs> a show that is equal to or perhaps greater than WrestleMania in Super Showdown. And also on June 7th, I don't know if you knew this, Tony, but... The Secret Life of Pets 2. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How many fucking times did that show up on Monday Night Raw tonight? I counted at least, like, 11, I think. It, yeah, they're the kings of ad time, I guess, because they fucking, they were all over the show. And they hit you in so many ways. They had commercials on the commercial breaks. They had Michael Cole be like, and by the way, we just want to remind you that that's coming out in theaters, and we were blah, 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 and this guy's happening, and this guy's doing this, and oh, look at this, we've got, you know, Baron Corbin hits him with a clothesline, and that reminds me, that Secret Life of Pets 2 is coming, it's like, they did that, they had a, like, split-screen, picture-in-picture uh, type thing, at least once, to just, like, show you the trailer in the middle of a match. Which is funny, because they had just run an ad on the replay for, uh, like... It was stomping grounds, and then I think gold bond medicated power powder on the replay, and then during the split screen commercial, we get another ad for Secret Life of Pets, and they would say these, and then go to commercial, and one of those commercials would be the Secret Life of Pets, and then they'd come back and be like, "Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are in the middle of this match, and Secret Life of Pets took between that, and then the typical like little lungs bullshit, which I cannot stand still, and that." day drinking bullshit because i hate uh country music so much it's just like i gotta like mute monday night raw pretty much for the entire three hours to not, not go insane i did see a commercial that i really enjoyed it was a skittles commercial but the milk the giraffe the, yeah <laughs> yeah well what the fuck is happening he's the giraffe is eating a rainbow cloud and then he's getting milked and skittles are coming out of the giraffe's not utter. I don't know. Yeah, like, giraffes don't have udders, I don't think. So, <laughs> I guess you're just like milking the giraffe nipples and the guy's laughing, this creepy laugh, like very maniacal. Like this is like the first step in a plot to take over the world or something. <laughs> you wonder why we thought that the Firefly Funhouse on week one was just an ad. Yeah. <laughs> what a lame one this week, too. They, they phoned this one in. Yeah. They had a lot of other stuff going on. Oh, by the way, we're doing the hot tags. And yeah, I just wanted to remind everybody about Secret Life of Pets 2. I have not seen Secret Life of Pets 1. So I don't know if number two is like indicative of like, yeah, this is great and we needed a sequel. Or if this is just like that like minions type shit, which I didn't see the minions either, but they seem annoying as all hell. So it's by the same company, Illumination. And it's not bad. It's like Toy Story, but with pets and not done by Pixar, so it's just not as good. Ah. So somebody was like, I got an idea. What if things that can't talk, talk? Talked. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, I mean, if I ever check out Secret Life of Pets 1, then maybe I'll check out number 2 or whatever. But at the very least, the more that I keep seeing these commercials, the less I feel like it. That's for sure. And I don't understand the idea that they would have been like, we need to target these people real fucking bad. We need that Monday Night Raw audience, you know, that 35-year-old male audience to go see this or whatever. Yeah, that, that is a weird choice for a WWE ad. Very strange. Well, we are talking about plugs, though. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to do our plugs right now to a certain extent. I'm going to pepper them in a little bit. And the first thing I want to say is if you are listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell for the notifications and drop a comment below and tell us what you think of these topics that we're talking about. If you are on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or Spotify, leave us a rating or follow us or whatever you know subscription type model that they have that can go on with those different platforms. And that stuff can actually help out quite a bit. So share your support by doing that. Give us a like or, you know, whatever. One plug out of the way. <laughs> the hot tag wise, let's get this one and just kind of brush past it. Uh, Ty Dillinger, or Sean Spears, Gavin Spears, whatever you want to call him. Stan. Stan. Yeah, Stan. <laughs> he is partnering up with Tyler Breeze and they are opening up a wrestling school together called Flatbacks. Which... This is a missed opportunity here, Tony. Hmm? Why not call it Tide, Tide and Knots, or something with tie? Because Tide Dillinger and Tyler Breeze, <laughs> yeah. like Tide them in knots or something. We need more puns in our lives, guys. Yeah. Not flatbacks. Puns are never a bad idea. They might be poorly executed. They might come at the wrong time. You probably shouldn't do them at a funeral, but. Puns are still at least somewhere somebody is going to appreciate it. Possibly even at the funerals. Maybe one of those things yeah, that's yeah, like... Yeah, it depends on whose funeral it is. Yeah. I mean, like, at your funeral, if there were no puns, I'd be disappointed, you know? Like, it, it's indicative of your lifestyle. Puns are great. If anything, I would have a funeral, and then the F in funeral would just get, like, slightly closed, and it would be a puneral. And I'd be like, yeah, I got you guys. Like, you know. <laughs> Uh, put the fun in that. Yeah, flatbacks. The name of it, I mean, it kind of just sort of implies a little bit of, like, taking the jobber spot, which is kind of funny. But obviously, that's not for everything. You have to lay flat on your back when you're taking a bump. So it's different than, what are their real names again? It's um, Ronnie Arneal and, and Matthew... I want to say Cardona, but I know that that's. I almost Ryder. said Dalton, but that's not right. Nah, Mike Dalton was his name in yeah, okay, FCW. Mike Dalton. Matt Cardona uh, is the only thing I can think of, and that's Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder. Hold on, I'm gonna do a quick Google. Cause... We are going through. Do 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 do. We are just looking up some stuff. And Matt. Matt. Oh. Matthias Clement. I actually almost Matthias said Clement. Clement. <laughs> Why has he not been ever tried to do a whole like French kind of thing with that? Like, I don't know. Maybe if he believes for AEW or something. But uh, apparently, he's a. I'm assuming with that name, he's must be from uh, the French Canada. So you know, he's not a Mountie. Well, there's no Canada like French Canada. Oh. It's the best Canada in the <laughs> land. <laughs> Let's look for treasure. 
I like this yeah. idea that uh, that these two are doing the wrestling school. They are both very gifted in the ring, and they're young enough at this point that they can do this for a long time if that's something that they're really interested in. And you got to assume, at least to a certain extent, that Peyton Royce, you know, she's going to get married to Ty Dillinger. She'll probably help out with the women, too. And you also have to assume that this has got to be a feeder system for NXT. Yeah, I mean... Breeze and Dillinger, as much as Dillinger left the company because of just them not wanting to use the damn guy, and Breeze is back down in NXT, spoiler alert for Wednesday, uh, they are very indicative of like what the system can produce. Some people that are talented on the indies or come into the system on their own, learn the WWE style, and then to varying degrees of success depending on who wants to push them and stuff. That they can really make a mark, and I like that. So that's cool. I agree. And from what I hear in like interviews with Bailey and Sasha, Tyler Breeze knows what he's doing. So this should be really good. Yeah. No reason to believe that this won't be able to help out a lot of people in that area to learn like legitimate skills and not be one of those wrestling organizations that just takes your money and doesn't teach you shit, you know? By the way, not that Florida, per se, is barren in that sense, but, yeah, there's no wrong time for a new school. Yeah. You have plenty of areas that need wrestling schools. Not need. It's not like it's, like, fucking clean water or anything like that. I'm not, like, talking about Flint, Michigan. But at the same time... You know, if you've got all these people in different states and different countries that have no access to a proper wrestling school that can actually be worth the damn, then they just give up on their dreams and they end up not actually having any WWE career. And people come from all over the place and become successful in WWE. So who knows, uh, five, ten years from now, we might be like looking back at flatbacks and being like, wow, that's really churning out a lot of people. Kind of like... Daniel Bryan and uh, Brian Kendrick came out of uh, Shawn Michaels' school, and we've got a couple different people that came out of Booker T's school. So, Ember you know which one, one I'm, I really have an eye on is the Glenn Jacobs and Dr. Tom Pritchard school in Tennessee. When I say I have an eye on it, I don't mean that I myself, but I definitely think that that can turn out some top people because those are good fundamental players you know it's also interesting to think that like the pritchard and kane one totally going to be a different style that they're teaching them than breeze and dillinger absolutely not only are they younger but they're smaller they wrestle a different style yeah rollins too yeah rollins got a school uh black and brave so there's so many good wrestling schools that it's almost it makes you wonder what the next generation is going to be so many people that are being taught by the people that were taught to wrestle like Shawn Michaels style. <laughs> and not only that, but there's so many people who are teaching that are at the top of their game now. You know, imagine being trained by Shawn Michaels in 96. Yeah, people that not only can tell you what to do in the ring and not only tell you what to do as far as like political things and locker room stuff but that they can show it to you instead of just being the guy that's on the side that says, in my day, we did this and whatever, and, you know, that kind of a thing. So I think this is uh, 
swell move all around. Big old thumbs up. Uh, let's go to John Cena. He is hosting Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? That's being brought back. I was never the biggest fan of the show. Uh, game shows, to me, are very... Uh, it's a nice way to put this. Uh, ah, fuck it, I don't need to be nice. They're very dumb. Like, uh, there's a certain level of fun to different game shows, and obviously, like, the gimmick of the game show is something that might be fun or might be really stupid, but I almost feel like the majority of the game shows that are out there are for people to just, like, drone out to, like, just become zombies and watch somebody... Like, The Price is Right, for instance. The Price is Right is a treasure for TV, but it's so fucking dumb. It's like, yeah. you, you turn that on in the middle of the afternoon when you're sick, and you watch people play pink, uh, Plinko, and you go, yeah, but that's like uh, $250. Then they go, actual retail price, $278. And you go, oh, look at that, it's a little bit more. Like It's just stupid as hell. But some of these shows are fun for certain people and whatever, and... Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader was something that was around for quite a while. I actually thought that it was still going on, so it goes to show how much yeah, I about that. Yeah, I well. I kind of don't like the idea that John Cena's hosting it, though. This is going to... This is not my podcast. This is yours, so maybe I do have to be nice. But no, you don't. I think Jeff Foxworthy was a much better fit because I thought it was funnier because it was like, Redneck. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Perfect. <laughs> that, would have great. Cena... <laughs> that would have been great if that was the entire thing. Like it actually wasn't. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Where it was redneck. Are you smarter? <laughs> like they just go to like only states like Alabama, and uh, they just go like, "All right, let's see if this works." <laughs> you know, because John Cena is well educated from not what it was West Newberry. He went to a private school. He had a loving family. I'm sure he's smarter than a fifth grader. Yeah. You know, it's like... Oh, by the way, he looks like a jacked Paul Rudd in this trailer. Like, <laughs> what? A, what's going on with John Cena? He really seems like he's going through a midlife crisis. It's very strange, because he started growing out that hair and suddenly aged 10 years and became yeah. like... For a guy who didn't get married and didn't have kids, he feels like he turned into a dad. Well, he's America's dad now that Bill Cosby had to step down. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena's going to start wearing those fucking ugly sweaters and everything. Yeah. I don't like it uh, because I think that scene is not really... Uh, again, let me try to figure out a nicer way to put this. Maybe nuanced enough to be able to pull this off without it getting a little bit too hokey. Maybe that's what they're going for with the whole idea of just him being all like, wow, like, you know, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yowie, wow. He can say yowie, wowie and pull it off. Yeah. And I think this is just going to take time away from him. And I really just I don't like this idea that John Cena is just like done. Yeah, me neither. So thumbs down for me on that one. We're, we're eventually going to have to have a discussion about John Cena's career. And I can't wait for that because I think it's ridiculous that he's done. But as far as him hosting the show, I think it'll be great. I don't like it being on Nickelodeon. But he still needs to win one more title. Yeah, he really does. Like he should win that Universal Championship just because he's never won that one, and make it seventeen, and then Not we can do. Uh, well, that'll be the end of the month. Uh, 
you'll know when we've completely given up on the idea of John Cena when we do Superstar Scores John Cena. There you go. Yeah. We haven't done one of those this year. We haven't had a fucking time to do any of it this year because we had like 400 pay-per-view events. And it's only May. Especially with like yeah. The Shield's last chapter and all that other kind of garbage. But, um, yeah. Thumbs down on John Cena hosting that. Kind of the same as when Jericho hosted like BattleBots or whatever it was. It's just sort of like, okay, you're going to do this for like two seasons and move on to something else. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. a game show like they were on a building and you Uh, like fall if you got the question uh, wrong? It sounds like something. I'm almost certain that he did. I'm going to look up the name of the game show now. Too many shows on TV nowadays. God damn. Remember when there used to be like 10 stations. I remember when what was called digital cable, which meant like you'd get shit like MTV2. I remember when that was a luxury. And it was like, oh, you got basic cable and you got 30 channels. And you were damn good with it. Shit, I remember when satellite looked good. Like when people were like, oh man, I should get satellite. Fucking direct TV. <laughs> Oh shit, it's raining. The main reason I never went with that. And the show is called Downfall. That and it sense. began on June 22nd, 2010. And it ended on July 20th, 2010. It wow, aired five that, episodes. That's it? They aired five episodes, apparently. Well, they got the title name right. <laughs> 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 it would have been more successful had they called it Break the Wall's Downfall. There you go. That would have been a big difference maker. Maybe they should have tweaked Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, too. Maybe it should have been Are You Smarter Than... And then just kind of, like, fill in the blank or something. Have different gimmicks each time. What am I doing their fucking job for them for? Screw this. This is terrible at the end of it. <laughs> Everybody needs You're to hire welcome, me. You're welcome, Viacom. Yeah. Where's my fucking cash settlement? That's not the right uh, word, but I'm fucking tired. Uh, let's talk about WWE Chronicle Ali. Well, I'll talk about it. You didn't get the chance to check it out yet. But I, these are the notes that I wrote down to myself on this. Because I usually try to write down a couple of notes when I watch these. And uh, I wrote down, Ali seems like such a nice fucking guy. The type of dude you want to be friends with. However, I will say that unless you're particularly interested in Ali, the man behind the scenes skip it. I enjoyed it for something to put on the background, but I don't think a lot of people would love it. That was the note that I wrote down. I like learning about the people behind the characters, and I like when they utilize Chronicle to do that. That's what it very much is for this one. It's like, he talks about his career as a cop. You get to see his wife and his daughter. That kind of stuff. Yeah, very much unlike the Dean Ambrose one that was... (laughs) A weird shoot work thing. I didn't like. I didn't like that one. I've said like a lot on this show. I apologize. Uh, yeah, you I wasn't know. fond of that one. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I I recommend that uh, for people that are interested in Ollie. If you are not a big Ollie fan, you wouldn't get anything out of it. It's not like it's like. WWE countdown, the top 10 best heels of all time or something like that. It's 
a hundred percent just like this is what Ali is like. You get to know the guy better, so that's cool to a certain extent. Yeah, I'd be all for it if I saw it. WWE 24, Becky Lynch, The Man, was the other thing that they had released. That one, I gotta say, skip it. I thought this was good. I would say watch it. If you like learning about Ali, you'll probably enjoy this. I think I would have liked it better if it would have been a half an hour and they would have trimmed some of it. I definitely felt for her when she was talking about the WrestleMania 32 dolls. Oh, that, yeah. Fuck that. How do you do a doll series based off of a triple threat match and only do two of the women that are in there. How does that work out? Because screw you, Becky Lynch. Yeah. You were the ball. The ball. <laughs> it doesn't make you more sympathetic to her as if you really needed to be at this point. And when she is like, for instance, uh, the survivor series where she's looking at the marquee and she's like, yeah, they made the poster weeks ago and I'm not on it. And I only just a couple days ago got pulled from that. Fuck. Well, let's be honest. Becky Lynch wasn't supposed to be a thing. Had Becky Lynch done survivor series, we would not be talking about Becky Lynch right now. It would have been Charlotte versus Rhonda. And that's that. You get the feeling that she's already lost all the momentum. If I feel I like agree. Becky Lynch isn't a thing as much anymore right now. Like it was all leading up to WrestleMania, and then it was, but it was just kind of like, all right, that happened. All right, let's move on. See, that would turn into a whole discussion about how fast fads move now. Like, what's the average lifespan of a meme? I feel like that's how quickly these wrestlers fade out, because Becky Lynch has lost a lot of momentum, and there's no reason for it. They literally gave you what you wanted with Becky Lynch. And you got the happy ending, so you wanted to move on. It doesn't help that she lost to Charlotte either, by the way. Yeah. Oh, then they bounced it out, and now they just pivoted No, they bounced it out for Bailey. SmackDown and Bailey. They didn't balance it out for Becky. No, I not for like Becky. That was them being like, well... Charlotte's got to get the last win. Sorry, Beck. By the way, I know you enacted the Brock Lesnar rule, but kudos to Paul Heyman for the... You should be used to waiting. You had to wait seven hours for your girlfriend to <laughs> headline WrestleMania. That was another thing I thought was kind of interesting about the Becky Lynch special. Was she pointed out how they were scheduled to main event WrestleMania for April 7th, and they didn't go on until after midnight, so they technically main evented on April 8th. It's kind of interesting. Huh. So what main evented on April 7th? Angle? Uh, I don't remember offhand. What was that? Main I'm pretty thing, sure but... it was Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin. There you go. Baron Corbin main evented WrestleMania Sunday. There you go. That might be the first time that a title has ever changed hands on a pay-per-view. On or on any kind of a show, for that matter. On a time frame where it's a different day from the title changes that took place on the other day. You know? What a weird... WrestleMania was too long. WrestleMania was stupid long, and they can't do that again next year. But yeah, I'd say don't skip it. Watch it. Enjoy it. You see a lot of things from Tyson Kidd, Natalia. You hear Mauro Ranallo briefly. Yeah, that took me by surprise. It's like some random indie promotion in Ireland, and he's doing the commentary for it. I think it was Canada. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not USA, same thing. I'm a dumb uh, American. I'm ignorant. I'll be like, uh, yeah, Guam. It's right next to Afghanistan, right? Like, <laughs> kinda... Yeah, which is like across the street from Iran. Listen, it would be so much easier if you just merged these goddamn countries. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if we had the USSR? I'm fucking joking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the Soviet Union. It's a much stronger name. <laughs> And now the government's after me. Yeah. As if I wasn't already, you know. Uh, We're joking, but unfortunately we have to talk about a serious thing here. Ashley Massaro passed away recently. She was 39 years old. A whole lot of reports have been speculating that it was a suicide. As far as I'm aware, there hasn't been any kind of confirmation of what exactly that was. But maybe you kind of found something else out. The last thing I had found was... That they had just said basically no criminal intent or anything. Not criminal no intent. Criminal That's intent, law and order. No foul play. But the way that people have been responding to this make it seem like a suicide. He, yeah, I'm going to say it because I already started saying it. Here's the thing that gets me on situations like this. You've got people posting, oh, Ash, you said you were in pain, but we didn't realize how bad it's like no fuck off when people reach out for help you can't tell them the sun will come out tomorrow and then when they do something be like oh man that's a shame Mm -hmm. you you need to listen to people when they reach out if somebody reaches out to you about being depressed or something like that a lot of times they might be on their last straw and a lot of times people don't reach out at all because they're trying to put up this facade, you know, this barrier of like, no, nah, I'm not, you know, all that depressed and stuff. And it's a lot harder to kind of figure out nowadays, too, which is a shame because now you've got people that are attention whores that'll lie yeah. about that kind of shit just to get attention. And the and phrase you, is overutilized. Yeah, everybody's got depression and it's like, well, do you really have depression or are you just having a bad day? Or are you somebody who is like literally one final straw away from doing something? And because of that, because people have abused that, you have situations like Ashley Massaro where you have people texting now, oh, well, we didn't realize how much pain you were actually in. We're sorry. Yeah, and nobody really – there's always nice people, thankfully, that are in the world that do this kind of stuff. But a lot of people, most people, don't really spend the time to actually want to be there for anybody, even their friends, which is really a shame. And, like, look at through most people's lives. When's the last time that you hung out with a lot of your friends if you're past, like, 22? Uh, Very infrequently. It's, like, it gets harder and harder and harder. And there's only so many times that you can say something like, oh, it'd be great to get together and catch up, where it doesn't mean anything if you don't do it. And when people are like, oh, I'm always here for you, yet you never do anything when they have any problems. Or... And it's the same type of thing, like at a funeral, for instance, when people are like, if you ever need anything, and you're like, you don't fuck want them to actually reach out to you. You're just saying it. So mm. it sounds bad to say, but it's like, you should almost just not say those things unless you mean them. But more importantly, because you somebody, should mean them. Yeah, somebody means them and somebody could be at risk. So it's important to take those things seriously. And... 
even if and it's just a text message, if somebody's reaching out to you for real, listen to them, be mm-hmm. there for them. It doesn't take a lot to be present through text. That's the least we can do for our fellow people in this day and age. You can be literally taking a shit and helping somebody from hurting themselves. We're it's, in that world nowadays, you know? And the fact that some people don't, it speaks to the selfishness of the majority of people. Yeah, then you can't take that back when those kind of things happen. So as much as it is like the type of thing you can't really blame anybody for somebody else doing things and, you know, we don't know all the, the situation behind that and we never met Ashley Massaro and anything, so we don't know, obviously, the personal details of what was going on, why she was feeling that way, if she committed suicide, all the other kind of things that go along with that. It seems like that's the case. And it's also very strange because her last tweet is answering a bunch of fan mail. And there's two ways to kind of take that, I think. Was she answering a bunch of fan mail because she felt kind of sad or guilty or depressed or whatever, and that was a way to cheer herself up and it just didn't cheer her up enough? Or was that kind of a goodbye? Did she send out the mail was the first question I had. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because if she sent the mail, then that... That it brings up a whole other thing, too. Then it's maybe like that was wants... like a goodbye. Yeah. yeah. But if she didn't, then that kind of implies something happened that was just like so jarringly bad. That she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, and that's really... Either way, it's tragic. Especially if you think, she's only 39. I'm going to be 26. That's not... That's only a little more than 10 years, you know? like That's young. Yeah, it's only a couple of years away from me. And she obviously was in a situation where uh, fame brings challenges, but it also brings a lot of perks. Money being one of those, you know, she could probably make a much easier life for herself. Being somebody who is not only famous, probably has quite a bit of money as it is. Uh, super good looking girl you know so you gotta kinda do the whole like money doesn't equal happiness type of thing too and fame isn't all it's cracked up to be sometimes and sometimes that makes the pressure even worse and and it's just that sucks you know it's bad enough as it is when you find out that like I mean Ric Flair for instance he's not gonna be on Starcast because they're doing this whole thing we're gonna talk about that for double or nothing but, uh, you know, you're in your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, you're 106 years old and, you know, have 15 different ailments. And it's like, all right, well, you know, nobody can ever really want to die in that kind of capacity. But then it's just sort of like they had a good life. They had a good run, whatever. When you're 39, I mean, you're pretty much just reaching what could be your midlife crisis is starting. And that's midlife crisis. She could have very easily had double her lifespan and more. And, and some people don't even can't. hit their peak at the age of 39, 40. Shit, there's people that at 60, they, they finally like find their calling in life, you know? It's really, it's sad. And I don't want to just spend this time talking about the tragedy. As far as her career, 
she was the last woman to challenge for the women's title at WrestleMania before it shifted over into that Divas era. And I know the match was very short and in many respects was seen as kicking off that Divas era, but they still valued her enough that they put her in that spot. You know? She was a big deal back in a different era. She posed for Playboy. That was a big thing. Huge. And the Divas search, she was the face of that for a while. Just a tragedy. Yeah, there's just nothing obviously good about something like this. And obviously the condolences go out to friends and family and all that. She is leaving behind a daughter. That's never a good thing as well. At least her daughter's old enough now that she's not like, you know, like a four-year-old or something. Yeah. So she had some time to, like, spend with her mom and everything. I I believe that she's, like, 19 or so. So, you know, she's a fully grown adult enough at that point to have that foundation at the very least. But now she doesn't get to, you know, have her grandkids or anything like that. And it's just, it's just sad. It's a shame. Yeah. And again, if somebody's reaching out, listen. Yeah, and if you're the type of person who's feeling those kind of things, reach out to people. Suicide hotline things, therapists. uh... If you're not comfortable, you know, actually going into a therapist's office, there's better help. There's uh, Seven Cups. What else is there? Is that the one that's like the online anonymous forum thing or something? I think Seven Cups is, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple different things that are like that. If you're religious churches and everything if you are not religious and you don't want to get roped into something like that shit you can get a lot out of uh just kind of talking on like reddit or something you know yeah as toxic as the internet can be that's also an amazing community you know yeah and the best thing to do is to just kind of reach out because once you do something like this you can't take it back and that's a shame. And you leave behind so lots and lots of sadness. Yeah. R.I.P. Ashley Massaro. That's a big shame. Uh, who knows? Maybe she'll end up going to the Hall of Fame or something like that. But that's a different discussion for another day. So the last thing we need to talk about, this is the main thing for uh, like the thumbnail and everything like that. We got a new championship. And they had announced this on Mon- uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, they were going to talk about this with Money in the Bank, all that kind of stuff. We kind of alluded to this, and we gave our predictions of what it might be last night when we were talking about that. But now we know for sure. And we know the first three goddamn champions. <laughs> well, in saying that, you're openly saying it's a 24-7 title. Like we were kind of hinting at. There is no special name. It's literally the 24-7 title. Because they're just getting, in that respect, they're getting lazier, are they not? I don't mind the 24-7 name. I got some issues and I got some positives and uh, I, I, might, I might bounce around a little bit here. But the first things first, I feel so bad for McFoley. One of the nicest fucking people. And this is now the second championship that he's unveiled that he had to be met with a bunch of booze. Yeah, I think people 
focus too much on the aesthetics of championships. Well, the belt is ugly as shit. It looks like a participation trophy. As it, far as wrestling championships are concerned, this thing looks like, all right, all the other titles look like this. This is the, I got this made for $100 on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Because whenever there's like that circular design, it looks cheap. And this just like baby shit green strap, not doing that for me either. And I get that they probably thought that that was a good change of pace just because it's like, we got the purple one, then we got the red one, we got the blue one, that kind of thing. But that is not a good belt. I don't mind the clock kind of motif a little. It sort of looks a little bit like a clock. But even like the side plates are this weird, like, are they even going to bother with the side plates? They might. It looks like it has side plates. I mean, it's like blank uh, squares that are just sort of ugly looking. It's made to look low rent because it's it's an evolution of the hardcore title. And I saw a lot of people get all flustered. Oh, it's the hardcore title without the hardcore. Yes. They cannot go around branding their stuff as hardcore. When's the last time they had a hardcore match and called it hardcore? They've been calling them extreme rules matches for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. You should be over this. You should be over the fact that we're not in a hardcore, edgy time period. This is the world we're living in. And let me just say, outside of the stupidity that was the XFL opening scramble for the championship, Oh, that we have to, we have to, we can't brush as that. The way that they crowned the first champion is I'm going to put the belt in the ring and whoever grabs it first wins it, which is like, it is literally the XFL scramble. That's some TNA shit right there. And not impact wrestling stuff. I'm talking like reverse battle royal TNA garbage. And what happens with that is Titus O'Neill grabs it and. Mere moments later, he might actually have the record for the quickest title reign ever in the history of the company. He gets pinned by Robert Roode. A little bit later on, they go through this whole thing throughout the whole night, and it's like Robert Roode's getting chased around, which, by the way, I do not want to see tons of segments of people chasing people around backstage on every single episode of Monday Night Raw. But he gets chased around, and eventually R-Truth gets a one-up on him and pins him and... At the very least, right now at twelve thirty four a.m. on uh, May twenty first, our truth is the champion. But we can literally at any point get a message that says otherwise. Because we live in an era of social media, and that's why I think this is perfect. I love the idea of the spell. It gives. Who do we see rushing towards the ring? EC three, who deserves more, but that's a story for another day. No way, Jose, Eric Young. It's giving people a reason to be. Utilized, and as I predicted, that sounded braggadocious. I don't mean that to be braggadocious, but it will be defended across all five brands, and it can happen at any time. And I think it's a good move, but that's not the only thing that Mick Foley announced that was kind of lost on people, except for me because I'm a fucking weirdo. They they changed the aesthetics of the third hour of Raw. Well, how did he announce it? Because I know he said something about the third hour of Raw is going to whatever and i'm too busy typing up so much things because i'm typing up things for multiple websites and doing all that kind of nonsense he said the third hour of raw we need to start focusing on those three letters r-a-w 
and things need to start getting a little gritty around here. And then the lights drop. So the LEDs on the stage, the only thing that's left is kind of like, it's old school, where the only thing you see is a Titantron that says Raw, and for the apron LEDs, the only thing you saw was just the generic Raw logo, the first one they debuted back in 2016, when they initially split the brands. And it stayed like that for the rest of the third hour. And the match graphics had like a black and white kind of grungy effect to them. And I'm all for this. First of all, I like the look of it so much better without all the brightness and LED. I forgot how much I enjoyed that, actually. And not for nothing, they're taking this from NXT. This is something NXT does. It helps their aesthetic. They're learning from NXT. I'm, Admittedly, I have no idea what the changes are from like a visual perspective because I am so busy typing out stuff that I actually wasn't looking at anything and I'm just like listening to what's going on. So that's why you don't see reviews of matches on Monday Night Raw because I'm like, I'm really not paying that much attention. But I don't think that that's going to make that much of a difference. Just changing those kind of things. I don't think that's going to change people wanting to actually watch the content. Well, it might only help, the... but it must not going to make that much of a difference. They're, they're still making more changes where the backstage segments are different. And Charlie Caruso's got a fucking personality. Like, I don't know what clicks with Charlie, but really, they're allowing her to be alive. <laughs> and it's just fantastic. She, you know, she has quips. She goes back and forth with the talent. It It works. I don't know. I'm in favor of it. Also, not having anything to do with the 24-7 title, but here's another aesthetic change. I like Cesaro's new entrance. and Yeah, I like it's that. A, it's, it's not, like, like hummable yet to me, but he couldn't just keep up Seamus' theme. So he just cool. needs a bit of new gear and maybe a return to that James Bond rip-my-clothes-off entrance. I don't and think he even needs that anymore. I think we'll be good, you know? But this 24-7 thing, I know some people don't like the name. I'm fine with the name because that's the gimmick. So it's not like they're trying to do something that's a little bit too complicated. Because they could have gone with like the extreme championship. And then it would have been like, all right, well, then everything has to be kind of extreme. And then you're pigeonholing it as being a hardcore thing. The gimmick behind it is the 24-7 gimmick. So the 24-7 championship. Okay. You didn't need to call it the television championship because it could be defended outside of the television shows. And it shouldn't have been the network championship because Raw and SmackDown and stuff aren't on the network. So I'm fine with that. What I hate here, and this is from a non-fan perspective, but just functional like as a worker in this kind of industry, I am not going to be able to keep track of this. And you got to figure... It's hard to keep track of even what I do uh, from anybody else's perspective other than me, but just to put it out there for everybody. If somebody wins the championship, like R-Truth beat Robert Roode, I am typing that out for the live coverage on Monday Night Raw. I am also typing that out for the live coverage on The Ring Report. I am adding that into the list of the list of title reigns for the year 
I'm changing the current champion on the current champions list. I would supposedly change my prediction of who the next champion is, write out an explanation of why I think that that's the next champion, and do that for every single time that they changed it. On top of going into the website, clicking on a new post, going into my templates, changing... I have a template for like a lot of different things, but I'll change title name to 24-7, change the name of the new champion, change the name of the former champion, change the date of when the title changed hand, change the event name of what like show they were on or whatever, add my uh, thoughts on the title change, add the labels, add the description, the metadata, all the other kind of stuff like that. And then publish that post. I would need to do that every single time they change the championship. So I would have had I would have had to do that three times tonight just for one title. And in the process of doing that, they were announcing things like, hey, we know the future of the United States championship. And I'm like, oh my God, I gotta keep track of that. Writing up notes for the podcast, doing all this. It's gonna be impossible. So for the people that are interested in when I post the title changes and all those different kind of updates. You're going to have to check the list of the title reigns of the year because that's all I'm going to be doing with that. And I am not going to do a prediction of who the next champion is because this is not a title that you can really predict. And that's kind of the whole point of it. They are not going into this guaranteed 100% at any point in time saying, all right, three weeks from now, we're going to do this. It's not happening. This is going to be the type of thing that they might change their mind in 30 seconds and go with something else. Vince is going to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, eating a tomato and mustard sandwich, and say, hey, call the hotel and have Sonya Deville pin our truth. Yeah. Hey, like Sonya Deville th- That shit is going to happen. By the way, I mentioned Sonya Deville specifically because she tweeted out she wants this title. So this may be where you're going to get your intergender action. It might be. And the way that they're going to do that is going to be kind of testy because then eventually they're going to put it back on a man. And then how are you going to have a man pin a woman? And, you know, they're going to kind of get into some dicey situations like that. But Well, if you go straight for the WrestleMania 18 example of Molly Holly hitting the hurricane with a frying pan, she won the title was running away, hiding from everybody, and got a door slammed in her face by Christian, who just kind of laid over her. And there's your three count. I think it's going to lead to fun segments, and I don't... I'm very optimistic about this. I don't care if it's an ugly title or whatever, because it's going to bring fun. And God knows we need a change of pace. That's where the positive side of things goes into it, because the negative is I am not going to be able to do all this goddamn work. The belt is ugly as hell, different things like that. And this is not going to change the ratings either. This is not going to be the type of thing where people are like, well, I'll deal with all the other problems, but that belt change, you know, that's going to make all the difference. But it is going to be potentially fun, at the very least, potentially fun, because the hardcore championship had some funny different things that they had done. And as long as they don't pigeonhole themselves into having only the same thing every single week for this, there's variety options. They can do social media stuff with this. They can do, they can put belts on people that are never going to win any other kind of belt. 
Like, really, are you ever going to get No Way Jose win any, winning any kind of belt other than this? Probably not. But not only can he win this, somebody dressed up in his the conga line can is going to win this belt. Exactly. That kind of shit is going to happen. And that's going to be at least worth a chuckle every once in a while. So it's not going to be the Intercontinental Championship that gets this, like, massive prestige boost or anything like that. But at the same time could be a fun segment every week or so hopefully it's not a new champion every week and don't forget we're gonna see this on smackdown tomorrow we might oh, guaranteed we're getting a new champion tomorrow this guaranteed opens doors for maria for god's sake like this is gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it for maria yeah like maria can our truth can be running away from smackdown think he's safe because 205 live is on the air and then Maria rolls them up. <laughs> I just thought that was weird that that was like that was the one go to. That was my go to because I thought about people on two hundred five live, and the most eccentric person I could think of was Maria. Yeah, I mean, this could be the way that they give some kind of notoriety to two hundred five live, NXT, NXT UK. They can give it to the women. They can give it to people that are retired for the most part because you can just easily have somebody like uh, Fit Finley. He's a backstage road agent. Maybe Finley decides to win a championship, and then all they need to do is have somebody roll him up backstage, and there you go, and then now he's not the champion anymore. The and same Jamie kind Noble of thing as Hardcore Championship. They can do all those same kind of gimmicks. Is Jamie Noble still an agent? I think so. I really want to see Jamie Noble trying to run to his trailer park. Speaking of trailer park, oh boy, is this the Heath Slater championship or what? He totally is going to win it. <laughs> And I'm, I, I like, I'm, his nine kids are gonna win it too. Like we got that wild card rule thing going on now, so they can just move that around and do all kind of crazy things with that. You could have tag team members beat each other. You know, there's lots of different things that they could do that could be kind of fun. And that, at the very least, is interesting. I will say though, even though I don't want to dwell on the topic, I, I want to Brock Lesnar rule this. If Brock won this, he'd never lose it. <laughs> that It would be a fun story for a week of Brock Lesnar and all the Heyman Hustle social medias just walking through. Like, he's in the bathroom, and he's Slater tries to jump on him while he's <laughs> in the bathroom. And he just beats Heath Slater and then poops on him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That would be a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, I know we said Brock Lesnar rule, but I said it last night and it was even more true tonight. I like when Brock Lesnar is into what he's doing. He was a total fucking dork with the briefcase. Did you see that thing that uh, Ryan Satin put up? Yeah, where he's listening (laughs) to the Beastie Boys. It's fucking ridiculous. He treated the briefcase like a 1980s boombox. And I think it's the funniest thing. I still hate it, but I did laugh at that. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how this works out. Uh, It'd be great if they could change that belt design (laughs) already. (laughs) But at the very least, there's potential for some fun stuff. And as much as this is not going to fix all the problems... It's a shot to try something. So but clearly, man, Mayor Kane is going to be the next champion. He could. 
He's got a shot. Hell, I could. Yeah, he's got a shot. I could win it. Hey, you he know, could. let's just uh, really quickly, let's wrap it up with this kind of an idea. Uh, actually, before we wrap it up, I'm just going to throw out another couple of plugs because I forgot to do that throughout the night. So hit up that uh, Patreon if you want to show your support on the monetary side of things. And check out the Tea Public and the Red Bubble for Smart Cop Moment and Fanboys Anonymous and A Mango Teas. So, one more uh, topic to talk about when it comes to this is the different abilities that they can do for different events and stuff. They can do this on house shows. They can do this on obviously Raw, SmackDown, all the TV shows and stuff. But you got to assume WrestleMania access a title changing hands at some point, or yeah. SummerSlam access or Survivor Series access, whatever. Actually, they don't have Survivor Series access, do they? Nope, just SummerSlam and WrestleMania. And Royal Rumble. Oh. Well, damn. Remember, they did that this year, so they might do that this year. They might announce a Survivor Series access, and it might be another Worlds Collide or something like that. But that is another thing. Like, you got to assume that maybe the title will change hands on that, or maybe the title will change hands on, like, a Fallout video, or WWE Now, or anything, really, for the most part. They will at some point they will tap into the Twitter account and the Instagram and they will do like breaking news. We just crowned a new champion backstage at catering. So Kathy Kelly already posted a video like immediately after they went to commercial break on the first segment where she's looking for our truth to interview him, but she's got a referee with her. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Kathy Kelly should win a title. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I think she should. <laughs> if they don't give this to certain people, whether it's for like a legitimate reign or not, it's going to be a real like kick in the groin. Like if Braun Strowman doesn't win this at some point, give me a break, you know? Yeah. He could also just crap on people if they try to jump on him. While he's in the bathroom. So another quick plug that I'm going to throw out here is if you go to smartcoutmoment.com and you want to check out some different things that are happening there, you will see all the kind of content from Smartcout Moment on the website. And you can do the same to fanboysanonymous.com and check out what I've got working on with that thing. But even though I said one one topic, that was going to be it. I am wondering... We go through the list a little bit right now, just a really quick kind of thing, and talk about some people that we definitely want to see win this title at some point. Ooh, okay. I, I'm looking through, I'm just on the Wikipedia page, and even though it's like, yeah, AJ Styles can win it at some point, and Baron Corbin, I think, should totally fucking win it at some point. Uh, I was thinking, wouldn't it be kind of funny like if we get, like, just to make the pure lunacy of it, that, like, the Abby the Witch character wins it? Oh, like Rambling <laughs> Rabbit is your... Yeah, fucking Rambling <laughs> Rabbit becomes champion. Yeah, I'm with it. I also think Greg Hamilton, who has a great documentary up on WWE's YouTube page. I love <laughs> that documentary. That was so great. Uh, Alicia Fox. If you're going to do intergender, it would be a fun 24-7 champion. That's, that's a way to put Bo Dallas in the spotlight again. I think that this is one of the only ways you can get about on the Lucha House party. And fuck it, at this point, maybe even like the Ascension or something. We talked about the idea of the conga line. Uh, Sami Zayn could probably do some great stuff with this, especially if they kept it on him for a little bit. 
I'm sure he would have a lot of fun with that. They would have How had you... a lot of fun with this last year with Rusev. Can you imagine? It's a 24-7 title, and every day, all day, is Rusev Day. <laughs> I'm glad that James Ellsworth isn't in the company anymore, because he would have won it for sure. He would have probably been one of those like 15 times. He would have been the first champion. How do you feel about Titus O'Neil being the champion? I thought they were going to keep it on him for a minute. I'm sad that they didn't. I thought that they were going to keep it on Rude after he did that. I was thinking that maybe they would keep that on him for at least another couple days. But I'm now I'm under the assumption that the title's changing hands on SmackDown. Well, if they didn't just put the tag belt on, this would have been a great belt for Kurt Hawkins to lose that losing streak. Yeah, that would have worked. Dana Brooke, I think, is going to win this at some point. Kind of be like, yeah, we're going to give you this. It's something, you know? I feel like maybe they can get away with uh, the B team winning this. Um, well, who do you think is going to win it tomorrow? It's going to change hands on SmackDown tomorrow. And it could be so many different people. It could be Ali. It could be Buddy Murphy shows up and wins it. But I hope that that's not how they bring him in because I want him to actually be like somebody. Well, my mind says Andrade and then Zelina immediately beats Andrade. I'm leaning towards Jinder Mahal. Oh, uh, yeah, he could do that. Because he seems like the type of guy that they'd be looking backstage and just be like, I don't know, just give it to him. But they could do that with Matt Hardy. They could do it with Rusev. They could do it with Shelton. Nakamura. This is a good title for uh, um, Elias. Elias could win that, yeah. Otis could win it. Otis needs to win it in catering. And, like, yeah. some food fell on a guy. And he's just eating the food off the guy. And one, two, three, I win. <laughs> uh, take, the, take, yeah, can I Tucker. eat this? Take, take, can I eat it? <laughs> Maybe this is even kind of the way that you can get a belt on page. Yeah, for like five seconds. Like, I mean, you said the idea of uh, Molly Holly gets knocked out and somebody just kind of like lays on her. Maybe Paige can just kind of like stumble across somebody that got like beaten down or, you know, they, the champions backstage and they slip and fall and whatever. And Paige just puts her foot on top of them and wins the title. I don't know who would then, how somebody would beat her then, but like, Thank maybe that's the way to do yes, something. Like you, can that. Do. you can do this at SummerSlam during like a barbecue or a pool party or this can be so playful. Great American Bash at the Beach. <laughs> I always keep saying that. There's so many people that could have a lot of fun with this. We know that there's not going to be like anything in the ring on NXT. <laughs> we know that because they already filmed that shit. But they could even do that backstage. They could do some kind of thing that Pepper's in there or something. What I don't uh, like about that is that can get a title on Kona Reeves. And like, uh, something should, should just not happen. No. No. Yeah. Sacrifice the title if you need to. Just don't do that. Yeah, I agree. I say put a belt on John Cone. Oh, well, that's how you get Nicholas back in the picture, isn't it? Goddamn, yeah. You could do that. Um, Just looking at the NXT roster here. That's how you could get a belt back on Regal. You could have so much fun with this. That's how you could get a belt on Corey Graves. He or was already teasing it. Nigel McGinnis, too. Oh, yeah, Nigel, yeah. For the love of God. And the, the 
the idea of Mauro Ranallo going, Mamma Mia, I just won the <laughs> That's the fun part of this. Do that kind of stuff. And even though it's not going to change the fact that most of the other storylines are going to be kind of, you know, wishy-washy and whatever, at least it can be fun. I'm all for fun, you know what I mean? Not going to reach. Yeah. He doesn't deserve fun. The fun, not the finest. Yeah. So I think that that's about it. Obviously, this is going to change hands quite a bit, and we're not going to be like, you know, hey, there's a new champion. We're going to talk about this on every single hot tag or something like that. But maybe there's some interesting things going forward that we can touch upon on different things. Uh, I highly doubt that the championship is going to change hands on Double or Nothing, but that is the next thing that we are going to be talking about on the SmackDawk channel. So stay tuned for that. We are doing our predictions for that and possibly doing our post-show, but that kind of depends on the ability to actually watch the damn thing and stuff. So, so the post-show might just be me and Callum, guys. Yeah, it might. Like, that's a reality. Especially because I have a wedding to go to the next day, and I don't know if I really want to be editing the podcast at 2 in the morning and having to get up a couple hours later and do that kind of thing. So I'm going to try to watch it. I'm going to try to do live coverage of it. And try to do a post at least on e-wrestling news. So check out e-wrestling news. Check out Bleacher Report. Because obviously I have stuff going on there. Some of it's due in a couple hours. Which is real fucking annoying. My schedule is awful. You know I would get so much shit done if I had like five clones. And each day was three days long. To be clear you said clones right. Not clones. Like you don't want five primos. Just If they could do the work for me. Then (laughs) you know. Yeah Puerto Rico. It's a shining star. I've heard about that. Uh, yeah, so if you want to be aware of that and that stuff gets posted, hit that subscribe button, as I mentioned earlier, and follow along and do all that kind of stuff. And I already gave out all my plugs that I think that I already needed to give. I don't think I need to backtrack on anything else, but anything you want to toss out for the plug-wise things? Yeah, plug-wise wrestling things. news. You know, stay tuned. So much content coming with Double or Nothing, StarCast. And I'm watching all 40 shows, so I'm going to be getting some kind of stories that other people aren't touching on. I also have an exclusive interview with Davey Boy Smith Jr. that I am just waiting for the audio to be reviewed. And then you're going to be seeing that all over the place. He talks about Owen Hart. He talks about his father. He talks MLW in the world title. He talks about attacking the loon at the Hall of Fame. It's a very fun conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. You should check out Time Killer Apparel. You should check out 2001 Wrestling Odyssey with myself and Callum Wiggins, also on the podcast feed. Check out all the great weeklies on smartgatmom.com. And am I missing something? Oh, yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. You should know that by now, dude, Felice. There you go, everybody. That's it for the 390th Hot Tags. It sounds like we've been doing this forever, and we really have. Uh, thank you for all your support, everybody, and we will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Bye.